Warm Hockey Podcast back with you for another week, part of our preseason preview series here. We've done two divisions so far. This week we are covering the Metropolitan Division. Um, you missed last week. Yes, I did. You missed it. But I heard it. You listened to it, um, but you did miss the Central Division. I'll re- run through a quick recap of, of what I, me and our favorite goaltender kind of had to say. You throw in your th- any quick rapid fire thoughts that you have about the central um, that way you can at least get your voice in on it and then we'll transition to the metropolitan division um, and knock that out so right on um, quick quick update as well um, arbitration um, meetings are underway um, some signings have occurred to avoid arbitration others have um, have not occurred yet um, another big big I don't want to say it's a big headline, but it's it's made news is the situation around Galchenyuk. Oh, so another ugly Colorado trades him, trades him, um, or trades his free agent rights, right, to Nashville for Ryan Johansson. Nashville immediately turns around, um, signed him. Correct? They signed him to a, a one-year deal and then and bought him out, or. I'm forgetting how how it worked out for him in Nashville, or was it just an immediate? They didn't sign him. He just immediately signed with Arizona. I they, think. I don't think they signed him in Nashville. Okay. I don't yeah, I didn't think so either. So I think it was, if I remember correctly, it was Colorado traded him before, um, and then free agent the free agent period started July first, and he signed in in Arizona. Right. So, um, so he signed in Arizona. They sign him for for the one year deal, and then three or four days afterwards, he's arrested. Now the story of the arrest is a private property hit and run, resisting, um, being non compliant, making threats, uh, threatened the officers, um, and resisting arrest. So Arizona immediately comes out. And you knew something was up because usually in situations where, where a team terminates a contract, usually the team will come out and explain. I don't think that's necessary what, here. What Arizona did was they came out and said no further comment at this time. Yeah. And so what that usually means for anybody listening that may not be fully aware with the wordage of situations like this is when they're closed-lipped about something like this, that means... Details may come out later, but it's something that's not on the up and up. Correct? Yep. So otherwise Arizona said, hey, we terminated Galchenyuk's contract. We've we've spoken with him. He's not keen on being here, and he'd rather return to Russia or rather return to this or do that. So we've mutually agreed to terminate contract. In this situation, Arizona says... No further comment. No further comment. And, so. and it's not. It, it's a self-explanatory situation. And this is just one of those. This is one of those uh, career suicide deals. If if he didn't need any more help, as if he didn't need more help to end his own career after being a what a second overall pick behind Yakupov. A nice one-two punch that year was. What was it? Eleven. And he has not been able to keep a steady job since mm, then. That was. 14. 14. Because Landy went second and 11. Okay. Um, so that was, and 10 was Tyler Sagan and Taylor Hall. Right. So um, 
at 13 was McKinnon and Barkoff. So um, I think it was 12 or 14. It was 12 or 14 with um, Yakupov going first and then Galchenyuk going two or three. I, I know he grew up in Wisconsin, but he's Russian. He's very Russian. So this is the... This is the Russian eye roll that you get when something like this happens. Guy's got every opportunity to try to make it as a uh, as a professional athlete and self detonates. So, anyway, that's the end of that. That's the end of that. Uh, last week, uh, for those that listened, um, we appreciate you. We covered the Central Division last week. Um, me and everybody's favorite goaltender. You were not with us. You got uh, it right though. We, we, uh, we're back this week. You are with us. Our favorite goaltender was busy, so he's not here. Um, but we covered Central. Um, we fell uh, Colorado finishing first. With a, we, we have him with a C-plus offseason so far. Though our discussion off recording yesterday, I'd be inclined to give him at least a B because it's been a quiet been a quiet off season or not just a quiet off season it's been a what i mean is it's been a a sneaky good off season yes. for colorado so we gave them a c plus it could easily have been a b we have them finishing first in the division close behind them with a b minus for their off season thus far as dallas dallas yep um minnesota and then, and then you kind of get the you kind of get the middle here um and we we had um and again you listened but for recap purposes we had minnesota third just kind of by default exactly um, right st louis with a, a c kind of off season finishing fourth winnipeg c off season fifth nashville um now this you listened um but let me touch on it again for those that either didn't listen or were confused we gave nashville two grades we said we gave him a b plus and a d we gave him a b plus because based on clearly what trots is trying to do They've been successful, right? We gave, him, we gave him a D because step away from that and just look at staying competitive within the division and staying up with your top teams in the division. They have not done that. All due respect to Ryan O'Reilly, so we gave him a D. So it's that duality for Nashville. Clearly, they're trying to rebuild on the fly. They're trying to rebuild without burning it to the ground. Yeah. So they're being so they're successful with that. Yep. It looks like they are. At least so far, it looks like they're successful with that, keeping in line with what Trotz wants, B+. And then Arizona and Chicago will be at the bottom of the division. Arizona, C-plus with a seventh, and Chicago, um, C-plus with an eighth, finishing eighth. Um, We did say um, that any of those bottom four or five teams could finish fourth or last. Right. Like they could fall at any time, depending on injuries, what goaltender plays well? Yep. You know how the season goes for the for those bottom four or five teams. They could, they could jump. They could whatever. But the top two teams being Colorado and Dallas, or Colorado and Dallas. Yes, correct. This week we are covering the the Metropolitan Division. Um, so that that'll be interesting. East Conf- the East Coast and the Eastern Conference has been in the, how many re- recent years would you say they've been a lot more competitive and tightly competitive than the West. Well, the depth of quality in the East has become much stronger than the West, and that was not the case five years ago. So now you've got you've had some teams that made rebounds, uh, and you've, you've got teams that are still at the top of their game. So the, the depth is there. Uh, the West has three or four contenders and a, not a lot else uh, as far as legitimate contenders, but the East 
probably has at least eight. Correct. As a conference. Uh, so let's start. Uh, we'll start here quickly with Carolina. Um, let's, let's, I'm, I've got them on cap friendly. I'm sure that's where you're pulling them up as well. Um, what do they have? It looks like they're going to have about, at least as, as we record, they've got about two and a, 2.5 million in cap space. They've got no one, no one that they have to sign this year. They've got nobody coming due before uh, between now and the end of the year. So they can, they can go through this season without any changes. They've got most of their roster is either UFA or RFA at the end of this year. With exception of with of Orloff, they haven't really done anything either. No. And they don't need to. Well, and they're deep uh, everywhere. And don't, don't yeah, that's a good note. I, I do want to say for anybody listening that may not fully understand everything, um any grade we give a team isn't necessarily going to be good or bad based solely on whether they do anything. Good, a good organization isn't going to make moves just for the sake of making moves. They'll, they'll see, they'll see their, their lineup, they'll see their roster, they'll see their competitiveness, and they'll either stay where they are or they'll make the necessary changes. I would grade them down if they made a lot of moves because this is a very strong roster. This is a built-to-win-right-now roster, and... The, if they had started shuffling a lot, I would say they're they're hurting themselves. Agreed. Not, it, but it's, and it's not it's, necessary. It's that weird line, though, between teams that stand pat that are competitive and teams that stand pat that think they're competitive. Like we discussed last week with a team like Minnesota. Yep. They're standing they're, pat, but not proving that you're there yet. And then they're standing pat, and you could easily say that they're, they're cup contenders. I like the Mike Bunting pickup. I'm a big fan of his. Bunting, uh, yeah. They're in, so what they do, that's big. That's the biggest move they made in the offseason by far. I mean, Orloff's a good pickup, but I don't. But this is not a team that needed to make a whole lot of changes. So they're they're good in goal. They're good on defense. They're good up front. They're obviously contenders. They're within a, a bounce or two of going to the going to the cup final. So. Why mess with it? The changes that a team like this will make, or maybe the New York Rangers, or somebody else that's right on the verge, these kind of these teams will make changes that are very subtle. A depth defenseman, a face-off guy, a penalty killer, somebody that doesn't make a big splash on the cap or in the headlines, but somebody that will make all the difference in the world in the third round of the playoffs. So I'd give them a I'd give them a B minus. Yep, for their off season. That's where I'd that's fine. Set, that's where I'd set them. Um, prediction where you see them potentially finishing. I I'd say it will be very hard for anybody to beat them in that in that division. First, yep. First place for Carolina. Next, um, transitioning. Let's do Columbus. Columbus next. So they just hired Babcock. Drafted Fantilli. Yep. Kent Johnson is still due to have a really breakout year. If if you're too very believe, talented if you're kid to believe that his his abilities can translate from from junior. Yep. He's and it, from junior and NCAA to the NHL level. Um, he'll make he'll make an impact this year. And if they have if they have any kind of decent health and a decent year from guys like Goudreau and Patrick Liney, Ross Levick, uh, they've still got character in the middle of that lineup. Boone Jenner, Corrali. Uh, Matt Olive, Matt Olivier and uh, and Johnson is a Johnson is a coming talent. He's he's on he's 
headed upward. Uh, Liam Foody, another good middle middle uh, six forward. So they've got some talent there. They probably are going to have a little bit of trouble on defense. They should be, I don't know, with Merzlikens in goal, what they're going to look like. A lot a lot depends on the health of a guy like Wierenski on defense. Damon Severson's okay. They picked up Proveroff. Good Branson is a depth guy. Andrew Peake, Boquist. I mean, they've got they've got some pieces. They should be okay, but they're not going to be able to compete. They'll be they'll be another middling kind middling. of team. Yeah. Um, what's what's the potential um, hindrance or benefit of Mike Babcock? Because when he when he was outed in Toronto and and removed and hasn't been really seen at the NHL level since, it was not on. The necess- unnecessarily good terms no. with the claims against him and um, a number of factors like that. No. And for everybody who, if, you, if you're not familiar with the backstory, he never did anything illegal that we know of. He never did anything that would, that would cause a problem other than just simply not treating people right. And that was that was pretty widespread. That was not anecdotal. That was that proven. was that was proven widespread across a, a long period of time and a lot of different guys. Was, so, yeah. if he's he's obviously he knows what he's doing. He knows the game. If he can manage the players better, he can help these. He can help this young team. If he hasn't figured out how to coach two players, then they're going to be they'll be even worse. If you take you, you take talented young guys and alienate them during training camp, this team will go nowhere. They'll, they'll hit an absolute thud. So kind we'll the, see pretty early on. Whether kind of the example of Philadelphia with Tortorella. Right. Um, though there's not really any substantial proof of Tortorella necessarily mistreating people to the no. level of Babcock. No, no. But just that kind of hard-nosed coach, if you alienate players during camp – it can have an effect for the for the regular season as we've seen because we've seen him go hard on players and we'll get to Philadelphia but we've seen him go hard on players in Philly and it have an effect on on their production level right and compete level throughout That's, the season. Well, the difference is if you win you're a hard-nosed coach and you demand a lot. If you lose you're a jerk. <laughs> so it's just that simple. Well, it goes, it goes with you for Babcock, too. It goes with what I've said in the past, too. There's a difference between being a hard-nosed coach and being an asshole. Right. you got to know how to treat people. There's there's a hard-nosed coach where you got to go to the corners, you got to grind, and you're you're going to earn your ice time that way. And I don't care if you're Connor Bedard, Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, you will not play otherwise. Right. And then there's just being an ass right and no, Babcock has proven while successful he has proven to be an ass yeah doesn't so know where that line is will he turn it around in Columbus to be able to be a better um coach to be able to be a better player coach yep. and, we'll see. and fit with the players a little bit more so oh, what uh, grade what, grade wise what would you give him in the offseason they they probably improved themselves which is the only thing that a grade can do so I'm, I'm going to give him a C plus because I, I think the uh, the the Proveroff pickup was good and and I think they're going to be they're going to be improved for a couple of minor little changes like that. Uh, fifth in the division though. Yeah, at the very best. Fourth or fifth? Yeah, I'll put him fifth. I'll say fifth, um, just because of the teams in that division. 
it's hard to say that they'll necessarily be a playoff team or be up there in the top top three discussion. Um, but based on draft, based on the potential that a new coach like Babcock can provide if he reigns it in a little bit, um, I don't see them finishing last. Um, so I'll say fifth. Uh, next team, who do we got? New Jersey. New Jersey. Um, see, there. this is another team, um, to your point, doesn't necessarily have to do much. This has got this team's got the pieces in place. They've got they re-signed Meyer long term. Yep. They've got um, they did pick up. They've got Brendan Smith on defense, who who's to me is a very underrated guy. He's thirty four, but he's underrated. They've got some good young players. Hamilton really had a breakout year last year. Finally, Kevin Ball is ready to be an everyday NHL defenseman now. This team needs a consistent number one goaltender. And whether they've got that in-house already in Vanacek or Schmid, I don't know. But it, my, my kingdom for a goaltender in New Jersey, and these guys are a legitimate contender if they, if they pick up a, a real solid number one. And that could, be a, that could be a John Gibson from Anaheim. Maybe it's one of the guys they already have under contract. They, are, they are linked with Hellebuck. Another one, yeah. That's you know, Hellebuck instantly makes them a favorite in this in the East, if at least uh, in the division, if at not at least in the, in the division, conference. if not the whole conference, right? So, um, I'm I, I'm going to give them a B for the off season. I'd go with that. Um, and the, then, what, what would you say, second or third? You think in the I'm going to say second, second behind Carolina. Yeah. To me, to me in that division, they are the closest team on paper to be a team to compete with Carolina and take the take the division. I, so we're we'll get to them in a few minutes, but I am still in the New York Ranger camp. New York, New York um Pittsburgh has done a lot in the offseason as well. Yep. So we'll get to them. Um but I'm just saying on paper when you look at when you look at the Agreed. young talent, when you look at everything, to me they are until proven otherwise, they are Aside from Carolina, the team to beat. I, for, for or at least up and coming. Yes. We'll say. For this reason, if you remember watching them in the playoffs, this is a team with speed to burn. Carolina, same kind of style. So if this team can stay healthy and get good, real solid NHL every night goaltending, they're going to be scary because they are so fast and they've got so many different weapons that that with a goaltender this is going to be a these guys are legit so I agree with you and and when we get down to the rangers the that will be a case of the same thing they men will will go through them but those those three teams at the top of this division are going to be fun to watch yeah new york islanders um right now they have no ltir money to help them and they are about half a million over the cap yeah, that's they can play with that. There they are can, guys that can, can be maneuver, bought out. Can, yeah, they, you can buy some guys out. Um, again, nothing from their offseason really stands out. They it, listen. They've got twenty three guys under contract. They they, they didn't have anywhere to go. No, they re up Mayfield long term. Yep. He's kind of their defenseman. Um, so good for him for getting paid and getting that contract. They um, who they let's see. Let's look at this here real quick. Barzal. Um, Barzal's a guy who's so good, but he, to me, he hasn't really lived up at this point in his career to what all the hype is around him. Um, Bo Horvat, hit or miss to me, especially when you look at something about him. Here's here's the deal. It, for me, Horvat was more than just money. He was your captain, 
and he was your trade piece in Vancouver. Yeah. Something about Horvat didn't sit well. In my prediction, anyway, didn't. It's the same argument I give for PK Subban, right? Or something's or wrong. Matt Duchesne, yeah. where these guys are so good that whether they're second or third, or second pairing, they're guy. They're nine million dollar guys that you build around if they are if you, they're worth nine million. If you're paying them nine million, you're showing that they're guys that you want to build around. And yet, every free agency period, every trade deadline, every off season window, they are on the outs. So something. And Horvat, really good Landeskog style player. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. He's, good comparison. He was your captain in Vancouver, but yet when push came to shove, even in the face of the supposed behavioral issues around J.T. Miller, mm-hmm. Horvat was your guy to move. Well, uh, now it may very well have simply been a cap issue. It may very well simply have been Horvat himself quietly just wanting a change of scenery maybe i'm not throwing stones no but all i'm saying is something doesn't look all i'm right. saying is he's your captain captains should be the last person touched type of type of thing just simply on leadership alone and yet he was the first one out so well, to he's, me, he's i don't know to he's, me he's hit or miss he's a rock solid guy and when you look down this lineup the the closest thing they have to a real game breaker is matt barzell and he's a legitimate star. After that, Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Pajot, Palmieri, Sezikis, Clutterbuck, Matt Martin, on down the line. These guys are rock solid, fundamentally sound hockey players from the first line to the fourth. They do not have game-breaking potential. There's no place in this lineup that has a legitimate game-breaker outside of Barzell, who has to stay healthy and be able to carry that much weight. So this is a team that is going to continue to have to win two-to-one hockey games. They're just not going to be able to run and gun. If they get behind, it's going to be troubling. However... Haven't re-upped Parisi yet. No, and he would be, if they can get him for next to nothing, he's a real good depth guy, but uh, that's he's going to have to fit in that way. On defense, it's the same way. Pollock, Noah Dobson's finally becoming the, the star that we all thought he would be at 23. Adam Pellick, Scott Mayfield, Romanoff, Aho, and the new kid, Sam Bolduck. All of them everyday legitimate NHL defensemen. So they're solid there, and they've got two very good goaltenders. But they just are going to have trouble scoring goals. That's all there is to it. Even on the power play, they're going to have trouble scoring. So that's... You know, that makes a scarier playoff opponent because the playoff does not normally become a a track meet, but this is a really solid team that lacks the the punch that a a Vegas or a Colorado or an Edmonton or a Toronto or somebody like that can get. To me, they'd be scary along your point. They'd be really, really scary if they had one or two, like, legit goal scoring top six forwards oh yeah like if it, not maybe not necessarily to the level of mckinnon or mcdavid or anybody because those are superstar level guys but but just arturi lekkinen you know goal scorers young goal scorers hard-nosed goal scorers um year, years ago he's gone now years ago you pa parento Right, guys that could really, really a that finisher are, that are finishers. Yeah, and you have that in your top six 
with the lineup the Islanders have, to me, they'd be right up there with with Carolina and New Jersey as being real contenders. Yep. They, they're gonna, right right now. They're they're kind of a a, a grinding team. That's they, really what they grind out. They, are. they grind out one goal shootout wins. Yep. Is kind of what they do, um, and that's not necessarily even if the playoffs are hard nosed. That's not necessarily the formula for long term deep playoff success. You got to be able to score, but. You know, it's not over. We'll see where they uh, see if they'd end up doing anything. As far as a grade is concerned, I would be hard pressed to give them much more than a B minus because they didn't, there was nothing they could do. They got every contract is full. They don't have anyone to re sign. They don't have holes to fill. They didn't lose anybody. They didn't gain anybody. So there was not much they could do there. So they, they just stood pat with what they have. And once you start trying to disrupt that team by bringing in a 40-goal scorer from somewhere, if you could magically produce one, that's, you know, now you're taking a team that has already got a winning formula and you're you're tinkering with it. Yeah. So, so Carolina first, New Jersey second, Columbus fifth. Where do you see the Islanders? Probably fourth. Just right up above Columbus, you yep. think? Yep, yep, um, I would. I, I I can agree with that. I don't see them necessarily based on looking at their lineup on paper, being at the bottom of the division. But I don't, I don't see them competing in the in your your top three um, divisional divisional round playoffs seeds. So they're going to be very they're going to be just annoying as can be to play against because they are big and they hit they finish checks they block shots they don't give up chances they are a fundamentally rock solid team but if you it's going to be the first team to three is going to win the the, with the islanders every single night new york rangers i like this team i liked them the last two years and then they seem to get better they you know the but patrick kane's not returning no, that's a guarantee. That's, that's, that's a guarantee. Patrick Kane personally, it's been said that he will not sign prior to the, prior to the start of the season. He, he just had hip surgery, yeah. And on top of that, at this point in his career, he's going the patient route for for a contract. Now, when he does sign, though, it's not going to be for the superstar style contract no, that no. he's used to used to having. One because of age, but two because at that point in the year rosters are set cap hits are set so you're not really going to be able to come in and demand from anybody contender or not eight nine ten million dollars no. so you're going to have to come in on a He's one gonna, for kane on a one or two year deal at maybe a million and a half or million something. and a half three million whatever it is yeah um so that's but that's patrick kane so they have they picked up blake wheeler uh they ha- picked up jonathan quick yep kind of be that mentor in net um, for a very good Shesterkin, um, but maybe Shister- what Shesterkin's needed is a little bit of that mentorship stability, and maybe Jonathan Quick, a proven Stanley Cup champion, can provide that. Um, Adam Fox, Truba, uh, they re-upped uh, Keandre Miller. Keandre Miller. Um, they picked up Eric Gustafson, which is a good depth defenseman. Um, on paper, I like them, but... I do too. I like I like their they've got twelve forwards that are and as good as anybody. They've got a goaltender and a half at least if Quickie's healthy. And they've got four of the best top four defensemen 
that anybody can put on the ice every night. So if they can get bottom six minutes out of Ben Harper and, and Braden Schneider and, and Connor Mackey, then, then they're good again. But what happened to them in the playoffs, I did, like it's just hard to explain. Now we got a new coach. Like this is this is an anomaly of a team for me. It, uh, it's it's hard to explain how a team with Panarin, Zibanejad, Kreider, Trocheck, Heedle, Goudreau, Kako, now Wheeler, Benino, Jimmy Vesey. I mean, on down the line, Alexis Lafreniere has been a bit of a disappointment, and in some trade rumors. So this is a team that's got to make the step this year. This is another one of these. We better get through it this year and get deep into the playoffs with this club, or there's going to be too many big changes have to be made. Agreed. So I gave them an A minus grade. They're just yeah, too like good it. on paper with the additions that they had yep. to really do much else. So A minus, and then I have them um, based on um, part default, based on where we had um, Carolina and New Jersey, but also just because they're a solid team, at least on paper. I have them third. I do too, all the way. So third place, A minus grade for the New York Rangers. Uh, we touched on them a few minutes ago, Philadelphia Flyers. Again, the Tortorella thing. I Look, I, I had my problems with Torts early on. Many years ago, he used to take players to task in the media routinely. And I never, I always thought that was a very foul way to do things. No matter whether it's him or anybody else. He's a good guy. He's a he's a rock solid human being, and he knows what he's doing. Whether or not his coaching style can still be effective in today's NHL, we'll see. With new management, would you say with Briere and the new management around that, would you say this is kind of a show me year for Tortorella and the Philadelphia Flyers? Yeah, it at might least for be. at least for at least for Tortorella, like show me that you can that you can coach this team into a position of competitiveness. Otherwise, we will. Look, likely look elsewhere i would give him a i would give him a complete pass for last year because they were so banged up they never did they they didn't get a complete year out of what um they had who was down all last year cam atkinson never played sean couturier never played those are two way too big pieces in this lineup to be missing and still be able to compete and the fact that they won even a dozen games with that patched up lineup is is to be commended. I wouldn't even consider last year to be a barometer of what Torts can do. So does that they, buy does that buy him a year a year leeway kind of thing? It, well, it would if it were me. Where okay, new management, hopefully a healthier lineup. Go out and play. Depending on what you do this year, then next year's the show me year kind of thing. Right. Unless you can patch it together this year um, with they, LTIR money, they do have nine million left in cap cap space if they can they're going to need healthy atkinson healthy couturier healthy ryan ellis would be nice they've picked up garnet hathaway you know he's a gritty guy he's a torts guy ryan paling picked up ryan paling and paling's another kid that that three or four years ago he looked like he was going to be a superstar and he has just not found his legs in the show yet. No. Just Pick, hasn't. Picked up Mark Stahl on the back end. Yeah, that will help too. Um, now they've got Bobby Brink. And they got sh- Cal Peterson to go with R- yeah. Carter Hart and that. So, I mean, the, on paper, if that you should... are remotely healthy, it, you're, I, I'm not going to say that you're hard-pressed at all to, 
to predict them to at least make the playoffs. No, like if they, if you're remotely if you're remotely healthy and can then put it together on the ice. Yeah. I, because you add you have the lineup that you have. If you have if you have Couturier, if you have Atkinson, and then you add Cal Peterson to one two with Carter Hart, and you have the lineup that you have with in general, adding Hathaway and all this stuff, like that that's a a solid team on paper. If, and then and then Tortorella can remotely remotely get through in training camp. I, to me, it's not a stretch to say that if they can if they can piece it together, stay remotely healthy, that they might squeeze in, in the, at least in the Eastern Conference, let alone the division, as a wild card a wild card team. team. I was just going to say that. Now, they need a few things to fall into place. As I said, Couturier and Atkinson have to be healthy. They've got to get solid goaltending. Bobby Brink has to step into a top six job this season. He's got to he's got to come up and produce. So if they do that, they're gonna they're gonna be able to score goals. They will always defend hard because of the additions and because of Torts's style. This is a team that's built to jump over Columbus and maybe scare the Islanders if they if those things can fall into place. Off season grade B minus, maybe C plus B minus. I, I won't give him any lower than a C plus, just because um, it's hard to do that. Just simply with the changes they've made in front office and everything. Right. So to give him any less than that, because certain changes were bound to happen. So new management, the draft you had, the potential for a healthier lineup. It's hard to go lower than a C plus, but nothing, I, n- nothing um, as hard-nosed and talented as Hathaway is n- nothing from their off season though so far screams at you though no. so so I would give them a C plus because it's hard to go any higher than that because that's a standout kind of off season right or lower than that because of their injury status so I'll give them a C plus and then uh, I, I skipped right over Owen Tippett which was a big omission this is a this is a real talented goal scorer who's now 24 and it's time for him to step in as well and, and so if this team starts to believe in itself a little bit in the first month of the season and they can start if they can start the season seven and three or something like that or six four, this is a team that could start to believe in itself and and start to develop some real uh, momentum. So and, and I it wouldn't it shouldn't shock anybody for them to jump into the fourth or fifth spot. Put them sixth, though, just right now. Until everybody's healthy, yeah. Fall. The problem with, with our, some of our predictions, and I guess it proves to the competitiveness of the division, is Washington Pittsburgh we still have to cover. Right. Now, with exception of Ovechkin, Washington may or may not necessarily be on the fall a little bit. We'll get to them. But the point is, when you look at the offseason of Pittsburgh, which is our next team, how do you how do you at least on paper say that Pittsburgh's your seventh seed in the right. Metropolitan Division? So to to me to me based on our predictions, we can put them there with the little asterisk of this is just how competitive that division is. Right. Now that, I, it, that Pittsburgh we will say finishes seventh, but could very easily finish third, type of thing because of just how interchangeable the division. Not in, only has been over over the past five years, ten, eight years, but yeah. 
with what Dubas has done with Pittsburgh so far in the offseason. When we get to Pittsburgh, I may have to go back and rethink putting Columbus in the fifth hole. <laughs> you know? Well, and maybe we make maybe we make the change because you look at let's, we're on Pittsburgh now, right? So let's right. let's start with Pittsburgh. Okay. Bring in Kyle Dubas. You bring in Jason Spezza, who's become basically Dubas's right-hand man, right? Yes. Um they didn't Sullivan's still a coach, correct? Yes. Sullivan Sullivan's still a coach. Still have Crosby, still have Malkin, still have Latang. As of right now, anyway, you still have Gensel. Right. You add Riley Smith. I mean, and then look, look I'll pull him up here because I don't even have him up on Cat Friendly yet. I'll pull him up, and you just go through some of these players that they've added so far in this offseason, things that they've done. And let's pull him up here. Dubis, Dubis has here's something for you. Has Dubis done in Pittsburgh what you kind of hoped he'd have done in Toronto? Yeah, he just he just did it a lot faster in Pittsburgh. He did it in two weeks in Pittsburgh instead of three years in Toronto. Okay, so there are two million or so over the cap as of this point in the off season. Okay, yep. um, Kyle Dubis, new general manager. Uh, Jason Spetz is right there with him as a player development guy. Um, Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, um, still have Brian Rust. Ricard Raquel is still there. Added Riley Smith, still have Jeff Carter. They added Lars Eller, which is a good depth guy for for them. They added Matt Nieto. Love love Nietzsche. He's great. Yep. They'll love him in Pittsburgh. Um, they add he traded f- to San Jose for Andreas Janssen. Toronto yep. Toronto connection there. Um, and then you have they picked up um, Ryan Graves Jeff on the Petrie. Back. Yep. You, you picked up Ryan Graves, which I love Graves. I do too. I love Gravy. Um, you still have Marcus Pedersen, uh, Jan Ruda, Chad Ruedel. You re-signed Tristan Jari long-term. Casey DeSmith has proven to be a quality backup. And you add the depth at goaltending, just in case, by adding N- Nadelkovich. Nadelkovich, yeah. Like, that's a quality lineup a team that's when you look at that and what Dubas has done a team that's hard to bet against when you at least when you still have the core guys like Latang and Crosby and Malkin Latang's health concerns me love the guy absolutely always been a fan of his for the last 15 years but his health concerns me maybe that's why not to compare the two but maybe that's why you pick up Ryan Graves oh for sure big-bodied guy who's proven especially in Colorado that he can shot block be a good plus minus uh, He's a be good very underrated minus, be, kid. Be produ- productive and efficient. Maybe you pick him up, so maybe Latang doesn't necessarily have to play the same quality minutes. Maybe he, you give him a rest every now and then to at least keep him healthy long term. And then, this, if anything were to happen, another stroke or any other major blood clot issues or whatever God else, forbid. now you have, yeah, God forbid, now you have Ryan Graves who can step in into a top top four defenseman role. Evan, this is a very well-coached team. Don't forget what Mike Sullivan has done and, and a, the long body of work that he's got making making do with whatever lineup he can throw out there. He he wins with anybody. Next man up kind of thing. But this is just, this is a team that as they get older, as Crosby and Malkin and Latang all get older, uh, this is a team sensitive to injury. So the difference between third or fourth and sixth or seventh for the Islanders, for the Flyers, for Pittsburgh, for Washington, the difference is going to be a groin injury. 
it's going to be the being able to keep the top part of your lineup together all year long. Because if you, if not, the middle of this division from the Islanders, Pittsburgh, Washington, even Columbus, this the whole middle part of this uh, and the Flyers, the middle part of this division is totally interchangeable, as you said a few minutes ago. Now, this is a team that's proven to know how to win. They're rock-solid coaching, rock-solid leadership, and they've got depth. And Dubas has done a nice job there. I got to give him probably a B B minus, a B plus or A minus in the offseason grade. As for where they finish, could be right up there competing for a playoff spot again. Could be a lot. They could be a lottery pick mm-hmm. if they get a couple of key injuries. Yeah. If they stay healthy, and everything on paper looks good, are they are they above Columbus? Yes, for sure. Are they above the Islanders? Let's find the sweet spot of where we think they might finish. Yeah, Are I, they above the Islanders? I got a. So let's say everybody's healthy, but not above the Rangers. I wouldn't think so. So fourth, no, then give Pittsburgh would, at least fourth. Move Columbus to fifth, um, or the Islanders to fifth, Columbus to sixth. Yeah, that's that four or five hole someplace for these guys is is likely to be where they end up, and. I think the Flyers are going to be somebody that, as we said, if they stay healthy there and start to believe in themselves, they can scare a, a playoff spot, at least a wild card. Probably overbid on Columbus a little bit on the early part of the podcast. So uh, Carolina I, first, New Jersey second, Rangers third, Pittsburgh fourth, though it could four be interchangeable. Five. Yeah. Um, Islanders four five. Islanders four five with um, Columbus sixth, Philadelphia seventh. And then just by default, Washington, at least until proven otherwise, pulls up the caboose. And yeah, the, and, and this is a team that unfortunately, as much as they were a contender just very recently and won a cup just a few years ago, uh, this is a team that's that really has mortgaged its future. You got 37-year-old Ovechkin now, 35-year-old Backstrom. Kuznetsov has asked for a trade. Yeah. Um, Oshie is 36 and has had some problems staying healthy. Anthony Mantha, who is hyped in Detroit as being a big-bodied power forward who can finish, hasn't really lived up. Tom Wilson's really your only one that um, you could scream, and my opinion of him aside, that you could scream is a guy you want long-term but also could get a king's ransom for if you were to move him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you if were to buy gonna, into a rebuild and move try it, to rebuild. Um, Dylan Strome, kind of a middle, middle six, six guy. Yeah, um, Milano, Sonny Milano, same way. Um, Nick Dowd, Kubel won a cup in Colorado. Yep, like him. Good fourth liner. So on paper, then it's not horrible, but from an from an over the hill perspective, I guess I'll say definitely they're. Their core guys are on the other side of 30. Yep. Their core guys are on the other, not only on the other side of 30, but are arguably on close to, if not on the other side of 35. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be tougher and tougher. They don't have the depth that they did five years ago. And I think that's Which the, is where the, the problem with Mantha that he's finding now is that he's not, He's it's one of those situations that we talk about often here. He's a great player. But is he your number one left winger? Is he first hole left winger? Probably not, unless he's got unless you can get some good matchups for him, and it may or may not work 
you know, I just, I, it's hard to see what Ovechkin's got left in his tank, especially with Backstrom being hurt most of last year. Plus, so, the, the, the epitome of their offseason to me is that their big pickup was taking a flyer on Max Pacioretty. Yeah. I'm not. So, eh, to me. And here, and I'm, you know, I like their goaltenders. I like Kemper. Yep. It wasn't a fluke that he won the cup in Colorado. No. But I think it what it, I think it was his issue once he got to Washington though was Washington was not and is not as competitively deep as Colorado is. No. So so not even close. As all due respect to John Carlson on the back end, these guys are not Taves and McCarr. These guys are not Eric Johnson and Josh Manson. These Here's really, really defensive defensemen who block shots and and can take the load off of a goaltender like Darcy Kemper, who who is lights out as was proven when you do that. Otherwise, he's taken forty plus shots a game and letting in five or six. And so you know this as a forward. Look at this team on defense. Outside of John Carlson, who is a who is a true defensive a two-way defensive star outside of that no offense nick jensen trevor van reamsdyke joel edmondson rasmus sandine these guys are not going to get you the puck so when you've got forwards who rely on having the puck on their stick like ovechkin and manta and backstrom and even tom wilson like these guys need the puck if you've got to go back and get it and got to go underneath the hash marks to pick it up and lug it out of your end. By the time you get into scoring position, it's time to throw it in the corner and change. These guys are going to have trouble putting the puck in the net because their defense is just not geared that direction. No, it's not. I think this team is going to struggle big time. I called them last year to miss the playoffs, and they did. And I think they're just starting to really decline pretty sharply. I, they're to decent, me, but in this division, decent's going to get you six, seven, eight. To me, what this looks like, to your point on what they look like on the back end, what it will require is an Alex Ovechkin to come below the hash marks. Good luck. And he and through his 18, 19 year career thus far, <laughs> has would, never once done that. That would be the first time. He's he he positions himself seriously, and this is not a joke. If you watch if you watch them play, Ovechkin even during five on five play positions himself up at the center red line as if it's a power play. He positions himself up there and swings as if it's a power play breakout. He's not a guy that comes in and helps positionally in the defensive end. And so what ends up happening, especially if there, if it falls the way you're predicting with how they look on the back end, what that's going to require is Alex Ovechkin to be a back checker and to be a guy that comes in and, Pins, pins off guys on the half wall to help get the puck out because the defensemen are just not going to be able to kill McCarr it up the ice. So what you so and I don't see Ovechkin doing that. Ovechkin has made himself a, a, quite a career, Hall of Fame career. If it ain't broke, don't fix it type of thing. But yeah. he's made, he's done it and it's been successful. So I'm not shitting on it. But he's he's done it by just simply standing stiff legged. At the top of the circle, waiting for a clapper. That, that's kind of that's Alex Ovechkin and Hall of Famer. Absolutely, I'll repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. But when you have a, a clearly falling to the point of a rebuild roster, 
that's not going to carry you. It's the same argument I've had with McDavid about one guy's not going to carry you. So they're, they're going to need breakouts. They're going to need Differences puck this. movers. If you're Austin Matthews or McDavid or McKinnon or any one of you know Pat Kane or anybody else over the last 15 years, those are guys that can carry the puck through center. Alex, Ove- Alex Ovechkin has never been able to carry the puck on his stick. No. He can shoot with the, as among the best that's ever lived, but he can't carry the puck. He can't back check. He's a very one-dimensional guy. That dimension is worth $100 million, but that's one dimension. He's that one-string banjo that we always joke about. But on a team like this, that's going to really haunt him. Well, I think it's why a player like Ovechkin, very one-dimensional, Hall of Famer, but a very one-dimensional guy, needs a Nick Backstrom. Of course. He needs the, those playmakers. So he's got to get it because, to him. Because now Ovechkin can find his sweet spot and the puck is given to him rather than rather than him going blue line to blue line through center ice or end to end carrying the puck, which I think in his career, I think I've only seen him do maybe once. Very seldom. So he's, he's a bull when he has it. Yep. But if you, if he, if you remotely step into him, he might knock you over, but the puck's knocked off his stick. So you need puck movers and they don't have it. They're going to be a little too easy to play against this year, just for all these reasons, because their defense doesn't move the puck that well. Their forwards are going to be hard pressed to get it in their own end and to the other team's end. So I've I've just got, I see this team. I got no axe to grind with anybody on this team, but I just don't see them being able to get much past maybe Columbus, duking it out there at the bottom of this division. Well, especially when you look at the rest of the division, right? You look at what we've talked about already. You look at the the other teams in this division on paper. You look at the competitiveness of it. Carolina. We have it for first place. Right. New Jersey, we have in second. Easily could be first place if yep. things fall that way. The Rangers, third. Pittsburgh, fourth. Pittsburgh, the Islanders, Islanders, the fifth. Columbus, sixth. Flyers, seventh. And then Washington. Yeah. So, it, again, again, kind of like the Central Division, this is a division, though very, very competitive. The bottom five or six teams are very easily interchangeable right? depending on injuries or how the season goes. Precisely. But it's hard to look at Washington and say that they're going to be even close to a wild card spot. No, let no, alone no. Anything else. No. Take, take the under. So I have them a D, a D off season grade. Yeah. They're... And f- partly by default, but also partly by reasons we just listed finishing last in the division. Yeah, and this is a team that, you know, at the top of their lineup, they can't make any moves because of the no-trade clauses and and everything, understandably. But this is a team that might be a year or two from even starting a rebuild. And in the meantime, they're going to be in the lottery. So I I wouldn't want to be there, but the other teams that we talked about that that are in that blender... Especially the Flyers and the Islanders, uh, Flyers, Islanders, and even Pittsburgh. Those are teams that, depending on health and goaltending, are going to be, they could go anywhere from four to six or so. Correct. Correct. So anyway, that's our Metropolitan, Metropolitan Division preview for the season and where they stand as of right now in the offseason. Obviously, more free agent signings can happen, more trades can happen, but we're, at least at this point, um, 
couple a couple things as we move on and then transition and move toward finishing. Uh, Bedard signed his three-year entry-level contract with Chicago. Yep. Um, a number of of uh, Wallstrom signs a one-year deal with the Islanders. Yep. Um, Jano signs with Lightning, avoiding his arbitration hearing. Um, and Calfoot is linked to Colorado, signing in Colorado. Really, from Nashville? Correct. So oh, I hadn't um, heard that. Just a, r- a rumor there. Uh, so we were talking earlier. One other quick thought on this division, because it came up several times. You're talking about teams that ha- are going to have trouble scoring. Possibly the Flyers. They have a little cap space. Probably the Islanders who have no cap space. When you look at the free agents that are available out there, outside of Tarasenko, which is going to be hard for a lot of teams to to afford, where are you going to find legitimate goal scoring? It's not. There's nothing left on the free agent market right now. No. Tarasenko what, maybe if he's in the right it's spot. What I, it's what I touched on um, with Patrick Kane. If he's if he's in the right spot, meaning mentally, as in willing to sign the necessary team-friendly deal, you could potentially get a Patrick Kane for for very little. A mill mil and a half right. or three or four million, depending. Yeah. Um, but that also, depending on the team that signs him, might require a team to trade a piece to clear out the cap space, might require you know any number of different things. Um, you see him going back to Buffalo to run out the clock? Potentially. And obviously... Um, obviously we'll get to Buffalo next week, but, and I closed cap friendly, but there might be questions with Buffalo in their cap situation as well. Um, and they're a team on the rise. So at what point, kind of like we talked about with a number of other teams, at what point are you satisfied with what you have? Cause you know, you're competitive rather than blowing something up for the sake of a, a Kane or a Tarasenko just to be able to say, Hey, you know, we've got that guy. Now, could he? He's from the area. Right. He's at that point in his career. A number of guys at this point in their careers going do, home. do go home. Yep. Um, but I think, and we'll touch more on it next week, but I do think it will depend on, on a number of things, what Buffalo's depth looks looks like, what their cap situation looks like, any number of factors like that. If they were to, who do we see on that lineup being a guy that's that's – odd man out if they go after a, a, a cane any number of questions like that but again we'll discuss that next week yep any other questions you have I'm or good. thoughts you have for this week nope i'm out of thoughts i'm thoughtless that's a rarity empty a rarity <laughs> so next week we're going to discuss the atlantic division and that'll conclude our preseason preview um where do you see us moving forward in the weeks coming after that well there's going to be it's already gotten real quiet between now and camp, I don't see a whole lot going on. Uh, some minor pieces here and there, which is kind of typical after the after free agency opens on July 1st. I don't see a lot happening. There are a couple teams that have to find goaltending. Uh, there's a couple teams that have to shore up a couple things and shed some cap. Those aren't those aren't headline deals. Those are you know we've got you got to sign Nylander in in Toronto. You got to clear some cap space in four or five different teams, but. You know, those are those are things that are just fun to watch. They're not uh, they're not attention grabbers. Yeah. So we'll we'll finalize some content ideas for the coming weeks leading into the season after n- the final division next week. Yes. Um, maybe we'll we'll touch on um, some preseason thoughts and previews and stuff for junior. Yeah, um, that's. Maybe, I, I, maybe this is a good time to look at next year's draft class. Next year's draft class. Um, 
how we see uh, junior finishing, especially with Winnipeg moving to Wenatchee, right? Um, any number of factors like that. Um, junior A, you know, BCHL things, different um, leagues and things like that. NCAA, Arizona State's moving to the NCHC. They're no longer independent. Um, there's a number of things outside the NHL which we can talk about. I know it's not the things we talk a lot about. Um, but maybe it's maybe we it's time we start diving into a little bit more um, junior hockey and and up and coming hockey outside of outside of the NHL. You know, when we do that, can we start with the Phoenix Coyotes? <laughs> as long as we can, as long as we can include Toronto in there. <laughs> um, so, anyways, right, so whether anyways whether up. it's junior NCAA. Um, shits and giggles type of episodes where yeah. we just kind of laugh and talk about whatever comes to mind. We can do that we, too. We have content um, that we can give, give we'll you. We'll be but with you. next week, our Atlantic Division preview. Yep. Um, so look forward to that. So Buffalo all the way through the Florida Panthers um, next week. We Beautiful. appreciate everybody. Any other questions or thoughts for you, from I'm, you? I'm clear. All clear. Signing off. Signing off. We appreciate everybody for listening and your yep. patience and your understanding with everything. Follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Worm the Hockey Podcast and at Worm the Hockey Podcast, respectively. Uh, write to us, ask questions, share stories, any thoughts that you guys have on um, divisional previews here. Um, we'd love to, to hear your thoughts. And, uh, yeah, if we don't hear from you, then we'll see everybody next week with Worm the Hockey Podcast. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.